0: Welcome to the Vision-Driven Marriage Podcast. If you're struggling in your marriage, or maybe you're wondering if it's even salvageable, before you give up, or before you let things get too hard, let us come alongside you and help you solidify your marriage. We offer biblical encouragement and insight to help you strengthen your marriage.
1: Hi, we're Doug and Leslie Davis, and this is the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at eight things you can do when your spouse is triggered. Now, last week, we had an interview with Ron and Haley Wood, where Haley shared about some of the trauma in her life, and Ron shared what it was like to be the assisting spouse. So today, we want to help those of you who are an assisting spouse. If your spouse has gone through trauma, we want to help you become trauma-informed. Now, this is an important way to look at things. Being trauma-informed changes the way, it shifts the paradigm in the way you think. It goes from what's wrong with you because you're looking at a situation that doesn't seem to match what you're actually going through. Instead, it shifts that to what happened to you. And it allows the the assisting spouse to realize a couple of things. First of all, it's not about you even though it might feel like it. And we'll talk about uh, the response that the person going through trauma deals with in just a moment. But because of, their response it can easily feel to you as the assisting spouse like you did something and it might not be about you at all but it also will help you de-escalate a little quicker and in a healthier way and it can help you process information so that you as a couple can go through uh, the process of being triggered and come out of it healthier and be able to move forward together.
0: But one of the things to be in a trauma informed spouse, one of the things that you need is to understand what a trauma is, what's happening in the brain and why sometimes it doesn't fit together quite right. There's generally things that it's like, okay, that emotion, emotional reaction is not quite right for the for the current situation right. and, and here's why. Let's talk first about what a trauma is. A trauma is something that elicits the fight, flight, or freeze response. Right. Um, and it could be anything, it could be something really small, it could be something really, really big and, and traumatic, um, but whatever it is, it's eliciting that fight, flight, or freeze response. Hmm. We all have that response, it is hmm. natural, it is automatic. God has fearfully and wonderfully made us that yes. when we're in danger, then that's the response that we have, and it is very automatic. Now, what happens when that fight, flight or freeze response becomes a trigger is when your brain or anybody's brain pairs that with a situation that is not dangerous. And so what happens is that uh, because it's an automatic situation, our mind is processing Mm -hmm. all of the things going on around us in that traumatic event and that paired association happens, our brain will pair that fight, flight, or freeze response with something that's going on in that initial situation and and that something might not be dangerous, right? So then when you're in that situation in a later time and your fight, flight, or freeze response is triggered and you're not actually in danger, that's Mm -hmm. what we're referring to as a trigger. And it can happen it happens spontaneously and it can happen so much that it takes us off guard both the triggered person and the <laughs> spouse
1: right it's it's not just the assisting spouse who's taken off guard often the traumatized spouse is taken it's off, off guard, guard too because Um, You know, if you've been working through some of your previous experiences, you may have made great progress. And so you think, well, I've been in this situation since uh, my trauma and I've been able to work through it where it didn't trigger me. But then the next time you're in that same situation, because maybe it's paired with a sound or it's paired with a smell or it's paired with something else, it it does trigger you this time. So it can catch the uh, the triggered person off guard and it can definitely catch the assisting spouse off guard.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes, I mean, Satan has just a way of keeping those negative thoughts going around a place that's triggered because he wants you to stay in that place where those triggers aren't healed anymore. So when a trigger becomes a problem is when your mind associates a not dangerous situation with the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism that you had previously uh, experienced. And that's what we're referring to as a trigger.
1: And so as you look at your spouse being triggered, if you're the assisting spouse, it can really completely catch you off guard as well, because you don't see something going on that creates an opportunity for any danger at all. And so the reaction from your spouse uh, seems like it just doesn't fit the situation. It seems like it's so much bigger than what's currently going on. And then it's easy for you to think that somehow you did something uh, and, and you may have been involved in what triggered your spouse, but you might not have been. It could have been simply something that happened in a distance. It could be something that's situational. It could be uh, one of the senses related, a taste, a smell, a sound. And so understanding that it might not be about you is going to be an important part, but we want to look at eight things that an assisting spouse can do when your spouse is triggered. Now, this isn't an all-inclusive list, but it's a list that can be a good starting place for any of you who uh, are in your marriage. You realize that one of you has been Uh, traumatized in the past and occasionally the previous trauma can trigger you. And then for the, the spouse who's coming alongside, the assisting spouse who's coming alongside the traumatized spouse, these are things specifically for you. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll have a little discussion about each of these eight things. Number one, be available for your spouse. And the reason this is going to be important is that sometimes uh, the best thing that you can do is to make sure that your spouse knows that no matter what's going on, no matter how uh, big the trigger might seem at the time, no matter how out of control, the traumatized spouse feels like they are, you aren't going anywhere. You're gonna be there with them. You're going to be there for them, even if you have no idea what to do.
0: And that may be kind of hard to communicate because like Ron and Haley mentioned that when when your brain, what goes on in your brain when you're triggered is that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism is on and it may stay on for a really long time. So it's really important to communicate the fact that you're not going anywhere as the assisting spouse, Mm -hmm. because at that time, there's a lot of things that don't seem logical Right. And that may be hard to communicate, and it may just be able, it may just need to be communicated in a way that um, is like the ministry of presence. Yeah. There's really not a lot that you can talk about in that situation, and, uh, uh, you know, because it's not logical, it's not logical, things aren't logical at that point, but processing is not logical at that point. But. Just that ministry of presence can be really, really calming.
1: Because anytime that any of us are in fight, flight, or freeze, we're reacting. We are immediately just reacting. And so even if someone wanted to come alongside with some logical reason, we might or we might not be able to de-escalate in that moment. If if uh, our trauma has been severe or if the trigger feels like it's incredibly severe, it may be a little while before we're able to process and de-escalate, but presence is going to be important. Now, one of the blessings is as you continue to go through your post-traumatic uh, event processing, sometimes, not always, but sometimes processing allows you to deescalate a little faster than you used to. And so being present as the assisting spouse Once your traumatized spouse realizes, I can de-escalate a little faster than I used to, I can come back to where I'm ready to reason instead of just react a little faster than I can, knowing that you are there, knowing that you are always going to be there will assist that process of speeding up the de-escalation and allowing reason to take over instead of reaction.
0: And I think too, I think to add to that, that ministry of presence, I think seeking And submitting to the Lord during that time is just so important, too, because as the Holy Spirit brings a sense of calming, you know, during that situation, um, the leading of the Holy Spirit can just be so powerful in that.
1: And, And you do need to lean on the Lord. Now, all of the things we're looking at, anyone at all who has a spouse who's been traumatized can do these things. But for those of you who are followers of Christ, uh, recognize that God has promised you he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. And so make sure that you realize his presence is with you as you're making sure your presence is with your spouse. Number two, uh, learn to recognize your triggers. Now, here's what I'm talking about for those of you who are the assisting spouse. Have you noticed that when certain things happen, you get triggered as well. And so look at how this can really spiral out of control in a hurry. If your traumatized spouse is reacting out of trauma, they're reacting through their trigger, it's fight, flight, or freeze. And let's say they're fighting and uh, it feels like the all of the frustration and the hostility is directed towards you. If you know that that's your trigger and you want to respond not by assisting but you want to protect yourself or fight back, all you're going to do is cause the spiral out of control to spiral faster and faster out of control. So, as the assisting spouse, you need to make sure that you recognize your triggers. So, if you're triggered by name calling, don't you know? Make sure that you process if name calling is part of the fight mechanism that your spouse goes through. If you're triggered by uh, feeling like you've been abandoned and your spouse responds to their trauma by flight and they take off. It's not about you, but it can fe- it could trigger that abandonment issue. So if you really want to be there in a way that's positively going to influence your traumatized spouse, you need to recognize your own triggers in the process.
0: Absolutely. The number one response to a potential trigger is avoidance. And when you get into that cycle, the avoidance leads to anxiety. Like, I'm avoiding an episode or I'm avoiding a, a potential trigger, but I know I should be pressing into it. And that's causing some internal angst and that causes anxiety. But as you avoid, that just continues the spiral out of the relationship. And by out of the relationship, I mean it, it undermines the connection between you and your spouse because you're avoiding a trigger. They're avoiding a trigger or avoiding triggering you, et cetera.
1: Right, and and the whole purpose of the the vision driven marriage is to encourage each couple to grow closer to each other instead of uh, allowing anything in that would cause you to grow apart. And avoidance can cause you to grow apart. A third thing you can do as a trauma informed spouse is to believe your spouse. And I want to make sure we understand this. It doesn't mean that in the midst of that trigger, that um, the the situation is as frightening as it feels to your spouse, but believe the way they feel. Believe the things that they're going through because they're being triggered by the previous trauma, not by the current situation. Don't dismiss the way they're feeling just because the current situation isn't dangerous.
0: I think this is so... Nothing speaks more to connection than saying, I believe what you're feeling is true.
1: Right. And and it may not be that there is any actual danger, but acknowledge the fact that they feel that there's danger. Acknow- you know, Believe how they're feeling. Believe what they're able to express. Your spouse may not be able to express a lot of information while they're reacting, mm-hmm. but they will be able to later when they're able to reason through it. And you as the trauma-informed spouse can help to be your spouse's safe place. Mm-hmm. Trauma creates the the belief and and because it was true and and we pray that it doesn't stay true but it was true that there was danger you can help be your spouse's safe place that even though there has been danger in your past you're safe here you can share things here
0: and a, a tactic of the of satan is to keep you isolated to make you feel like you're all alone in this like nobody else has going through this and so in, in that one of, in that trauma and the trauma response, one of the things that Satan's going to come in and do is to say, you're in this alone. You're, you know, there's nobody else that understands. There's nobody else that feels this way. You are all by yourself. And um, that's a dangerous place to be. And, and that's the place that a trauma informed spouse can come alongside and give right. so much support in.
1: Right. Now, number four, um, don't, Try to fix it during the triggered reaction. Don't try to fix it. Because again, uh, whether your spouse is still in the react mode or if they're starting to be able to deescalate enough where, where they need you to come alongside as they're starting to reason through what happened, uh, it's, it's rare for you to actually be able to fix something in that moment. But as a spouse who cares very much for your spouse, there's this huge desire to fix it all. Resist the temptation to try to fix things in the moment. Um, Instead, realize that later when you're able to process, you're going to be able to work through how you can do this together. Uh, But your spouse probably, probably, 99% of the time, doesn't need you to fix anything. They just need to be able to have someone there with them, present with them, while they are going through that initial trigger, getting to a place where they can then transition into a a de-escalation and and, and to know that everything's okay. But fixing it isn't what's going to make it feel like everything's okay.
0: And a caveat to that is that, you know, you had mentioned before that this that the spouse, the assisting spouse, may be part of the trigger, right. and I think that the traumatized spouse may say, "But I need you to change that," and but but that's something that needs to be processed later when when the triggers are not active.
1: Right, because if if part of your uh, fight mechanism is is to uh, you know, deflect toward others, then the spouse, the assisting spouse could receive some of that deflection. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, in the heat of the moment, um, there may be some things that are said that aren't really going to be helpful. It's only later when everything's able to be processed that you can find out what's actually helpful. Because uh, when, we, when we get triggered, well, here, this is something that all of us can understand, whether we have had a traumatic event in our life or not, and if our spouse is a traumatic event in their life or not. All of us, in the midst of our relationships, have had moments where we frustrated each other and we said things that we didn't really mean simply because we were trying to defend ourselves or fight back. Um, And if if in those cases where we're not completely triggered, we're just upset, uh, we can say things we don't mean, think about how much more likely it is when you are triggered to say things that aren't really helpful. They're, They're just leave me alone responses. It's get away from me responses because we've learned through our trauma how to protect ourselves. And sometimes we protect ourselves in ways that aren't very helpful later on. So as a result, that leads right into number five. As a trauma-informed spouse, number five, don't take it personally when your spouse is triggered. Don't take it personally. It can easily feel like you are being attacked uh, because you are the person who is most likely to be closest to your spouse when your spouse is triggered. And so you get to catch the reaction more than any other person has the likelihood of catching a negative reaction. And it can feel like you're being blamed. It can feel like uh, it's a personal attack from your spouse towards you. When the majority of the time it's not, it's back to that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism.
0: And that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism that's taking place in the traumatized spouse's brain is what is leading the show at the time. And it, it that you know when you're when you're in that middle of that fight, flight, or freeze um, uh, response, it there, there's not a lot of logic going on in your brain.
1: <laughs> and so, number six, keep communicating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're the trauma-informed spouse. Keep communicating. And during the event, during whatever the triggered event is, um, chances are you'll need to just be present and supportive. But when the event is over enough that there's the opportunity to process information, the opportunity to reason through what happened, why did it happen, and you may not even know all of the answers, but you're starting the process of what happened and why it happened. That's when communication is going to be absolutely essential because when you continue to communicate, be supportive during the event, communicate uh, as the process is de-escalating so that your spouse knows They don't have to go through this by themselves anymore, that you are willing to go through this together with them and that the two of you are a team. One of the things that that we've seen over and over again is that in the aftermath of a triggered event, especially if the assisting spouse feels like they were personally attacked, Leslie mentioned that one of the things you see is avoidance, where the triggered spouse tries to avoid the things that may have triggered them, and the assisting spouse tries to avoid the attack that came during the trigger, and so uh, we're encouraging you to do the opposite of that. Communicate fully. Come alongside one another. Let them know that we, we may say this wrong. We may not know what's going on. We may have to work through multiple ideas before we figure out what's actually going to help. But I'm going to be here with you, and we're going to be able to talk about this together. We're going to be able to work through it. Now, number seven is one that is specific to the interview that we had last week. It was something that was really profound to me. Uh, Ron shared that it took him a very long time to do this, but we want to add it as number seven to be a trauma informed spouse, make your own boundaries known to your spouse. Now you can't do this during the triggered event. This has to be done when there's not a, uh, a trauma reaction. This has to be done when your spouse is not triggered, but Make sure that you lay out clearly what is and what isn't acceptable where your boundaries are.
0: I think boundaries and understanding the importance of boundaries in any relationship is important. And I think when a traumatized spouse is pressing into helping, um, come to a healing point of those triggers, I think this is one thing that, um, is really good to press into because it honors your spouse. Um, work, trying to work out those triggers means not being on autopilot anymore, not allowing that trigger to control your actions and your reactions. Even when you, you know, even when that fight, flight and freeze mechanism is, um, is, is engaged, Mm -hmm. right? Your spouse may still have some boundaries. And if you're premeditated, like you're pre-thinking about what those boundaries are, even when you're triggered, um, having thought about them ahead of time, you'll be able to honor those.
1: Well, and, and it also allows you to be able to step down to de-escalate yourself as mm-hmm. the assisting spouse. Because if, if during a time when you were able to communicate prior to a triggered event and you said, it's not okay for you to uh, verbally attack me, Maybe that's your boundary. It's not okay for you to, it's okay for you to tell me what's going on. It's not okay for you to call me names. And then if your spouse is triggered, if part of their fight mechanism is to do that, you're able to realize we've talked about this. My spouse isn't thinking clearly. They're reacting. They're back in their hurt. They're dealing with what had hurt them from before. And so we know, and my spouse has agreed that it's not okay to call me names. So I can remind them, but they might not necessarily react properly to that. But I can stay calm because I know that when my my spouse is reasoned and thinking things through. They've agreed that this isn't okay, so I'm not going to take it personally. It helps you do some of those other things that we've talked about doing as an assisting spouse. When when you know that you've set boundaries, you can then calmly say, I know that once we're back to reasoned discussion, my spouse says this isn't okay. I'm not going to take it personally. Mm-hmm. And then number eight, uh, the eighth thing that you can do as a trauma-informed spouse is that you can encourage support and go along with getting help and participating in treatment if and when it's time. Now you may be dealing with hurts that your spouse doesn't even know about. And so if your spouse who's been traumatized, realizes this is time for me to get some help to get some treatment Uh, be supportive and go with them because as the assisting spouse there's probably some things that you've gone through that have hurt you too Um, and it's not a comparison thing you know it's not that well my my traumatized spouse was hurt much more severely than i was so my hurt doesn't matter it's not like that be willing to participate because you've been hurt too
0: and I think that it's brave and the the word is brave. It is brave to ask for help and knowing that someone else is trained and can come alongside of you and help you develop a, a healthier trauma response and also help your, if you're the sp if you're the supporting spouse to help you understand what a trauma informed relationship can look like that that benefits everybody and sometimes we all need a little help
1: we do and uh, again for those of you who who know the lord and love the lord i want to encourage you not only to seek his presence but we we know that one of the things god wants to do in your life as a follower of christ is that he wants to grow things within you through his holy spirit He calls them the fruit of the Spirit. And when you're going to be uh, the trauma-informed spouse who assists your spouse in a healthy way, we want to encourage you to prayerfully ask God to grow those things he's promised to grow in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Think about how all of those things are going to help you tremendously as you come alongside your traumatized spouse to assist them. But being informed about what's going on will allow you to be able to change the narrative instead of saying, this doesn't match what, what, you know, your reaction isn't matching what's going on, what's wrong with you. It shifts it instead to what happened to you. And then you can come alongside, help them through the situation. Once they're able to reason instead of react, now you're able to walk together beside them in a way that will allow both of you to have a healthier response to the triggers that your spouse faces. We're Doug and Leslie Davis. And again, this is the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. And we want to encourage you to seek after God's will for your life. And we desire to see God solidify your mind.